0: Welcome to the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. I'm Jerome Hudson, Breitbart News Entertainment Editor, filling in today for Alex Marlowe. On today's podcast, we discuss the lawlessness in Democrat-run cities made worse by Democrat policies of defunding the police, weakening bail policies, no prosecutions for brazen criminal thieves, and downgrading crimes from felonies to misdemeanors all costing countless lives and running up murder rates to historic highs. We'll highlight our featured guest today, John Carney, Breitbart News economics editor, who talked about inflation hitting poor Americans hardest, and what Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, talked about in terms of bond buyings tapering off and slowing down in the coming months. We'll also feature our caller of the day. Michael from Colorado who kicked off a conversation about hospitals being overrun due to the coronavirus pandemic staffing shortages, burnout and early retirement. But first, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's noticed everything is getting expensive. We're in the biggest economic crisis since 2008 with a government that's printing trillions and trillions of dollars. Consumer prices are the highest we've seen in 30 years. Inflation is certainly here to stay. And if the government continues its out-of-control printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. So how do you protect your money, your retirement, your savings? Well, American Hartford Gold can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. They'll even help move your existing IRA or 401k out of the volatile stock market into precious metals, IRA, and they make it easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A plus rating from the better business bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. And if you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait, call them now. Call 866-670-7660. That's 866-670-7660 or text Alex to 65532. Again, that's 866-670-7660 or text Alex to 65532. to start here. Nancy Pelosi has had a busy week this week. This woman is so ridiculous. I mean, just the lipstick all over her lips. If you look at the video uh, in her weekly press conference, she said that uh, bad law and bad policy is the reason uh, for the crime spike, um, that I can can remember the national media telling us was being over-exaggerated by Actual, truthful news outlets like Breitbart News and the voices that you hear on uh, Patriot Radio, but now, as with so many things, uh, reality is being pressed up against uh, the stubborn, cold faces of so many, particularly in the mainstream media. But now, from uh, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, uh, she says bad law and bad policy, uh, particularly. Uh, crime is 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 awful in uh, Nancy Pelosi's district, San Francisco, uh, where that mayor, uh, London Breed, is 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 giving press conferences and completely rebuking statements that she just made about a year ago about reverting over a hundred million dollars away from police. Now London Breed is all about being pro-cop and and pro-law enforcement. This to me. Um, Is just the latest in what is becoming a very long list of situations in which we all know that the Democrat Party, their allies in the media and in Hollywood uh, have been lying to us, or at least telling us not to believe our lying eyes. It's 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 so insulting and and it should be in immensely offensive. I mean, what the Democrats did by weakening bail policies, which which included for violent and repeat felons, essentially, you dutiful officers would arrest these people, and bring charges against them, but they'd be released, no, no bail. I mean, you've seen now in the intervening months after New York City, which I believe was the first and largest city to actually uh, do this, this. no cash bail reform. I mean, just <laughs> criminals committed crimes. They were basically immediate relief, immediately re-released. And oh, wouldn't you know, surprise, surprise, these individuals went on to commit more crimes and even worse crimes in some cases. Democrats lobbied for this stuff. The politicians, the Democrats who had the power, actually enacted these dangerous policies. And now Nancy Pelosi is, 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 is saying we need to crack down on this. We need to really get serious about the bad law and bad policies. It was her own party doing it. It was the, her allies in the media, the stenographers for the Democrat Party, championing this stuff. No prosecutions for brazen criminal thieves. The looting that's going on now, we've seen this before. I, I remember it having a title during the Obama years. They're, they're called flash mobs in Philly and D.C. I mean, they just large groups of individuals run in, ramsack, and run out and just get away with it. In many cities, criminals no longer worry about even being caught. Why would they? One California store, I think, put... Uh, Price tags of nine hundred and fifty seven dollars, I think it is, because under the the California's new bail reform law, that's the amount of money that people actually have to steal before they will they will be prosecuted by the, the local D.A.'s degrading crimes from felonies to misdemeanors, just shocking reports. Google that phrase, degrading crimes from felonies to misdemeanors. You'll get local reports from all over the country. Uh, The vaccine mandates on the other side of it, forcing good law enforcement officers with decades of experience into early retirement, which doesn't even include the fact that that many of these law enforcement officers, detectives, beat cops, investigators had been the targets uh, of not only criminals, but their mayors, and in many cases, their own superintendents. You add in the lawlessness, and then the fact that mayors were openly attacking police officers, of course you're gonna get a spike in crime, but you also compound the problem with forcing of uh, vaccine mandates on, on law enforcement officers, the labor shortage and maybe one of the most un- under told stories about the labor shortage and the crime rise is the fact that you have fewer well-trained police officers on the street. Everybody talks about Chicago and, and Baltimore and Philadelphia hitting these historic murder rates. And it's absolutely amazing um, that these murder rates are reverting back to. You know, in some cases, thirty, forty years. How high they are. First of all, the media is not going to give you the honest, sober truth that the majority of those being killed are young men who look just like me. Young and black. But beyond that, what is amazing about it, if you sift through all the the the, the media lies about gun violence, as if as if as if a gun just commits violence. I have a uh, guns and the, the assault rifle I'll say sitting under my bed has never actually committed an act of violence. It it just, it just never has. And it never will. Well, what's amazing about a city like Chicago hitting a thousand murders is that that city for decades has had one of the lowest clearance rates in the country. Less than 20% of those grieving families will never actually have the type of justice that they deserve. In a normal year, the clearance rate in a city like Chicago or Baltimore or Philadelphia is less than 25%. You got something like eight in 10 killers who commit murders in these Democrat run cities who will never actually face justice. And the situation again is only made worse when Democrats enact Bad policy and some of the worst anti-law enforcement policies exactly at a time when criminals are being emboldened. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times over the last two years, if you are the leader of a criminal uh, enterprise in this country, it has been an absolute holiday. Feel free to be insulted by the Democrats new shift being tough on crime. Feel free to be insulted, but don't be bamboozled or hoodwinked by it at all. It's all a game. It's all a trick. Because in many of these cities, the DAs still are the same corrupt and immoral bastards that they've always been. Not actually prosecuting these people. I mean, I'll never get the images of the shootout that occurred at 10 a.m. in a suburb in Chicago. And there's video footage from you know private uh, doorstep cameras. There's video footage from Chicago police detectives who actually drove up during the shootout. And Kim Fox, the Soros-funded DA there in Cook County, just <laughs> just not enough evidence to bring charges and prosecute these known gang members who were arrested. Again, pol- Chicago police. Drove up to the scene, chased one of the the the, the people in the getaway car. Uh, actually, saw the others shooting from the 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 home. <laughs> I mean, couldn't bring charges against him. Kim Fox, just, she just couldn't she couldn't find a way to do it. The defunding of police, the anti police rhetoric, all of it, all of it has led to this. This is a game. It's completely insulting, but you should not be tricked by it. We're going to continue to see this, the crime rise at the end of the the 60s and on through the early 90s, sort of culminating in the election of of Rudy Giuliani, who became mayor of New York City, which was once a beacon of tourism and travel uh, in the world, had been brought to a city with thousands of murders tens of thousands of shootings and robberies and was often looked at uh, sadly as one of the most dangerous cities in the country but new york city wasn't anomalous democrats who ran the city in 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 the time dr- driving it into uh, decay and in danger ran a lot of the cities that saw a lot of the what, what used to be historic murder rates, but now we're repeating history. But the only thing that hasn't changed is the fact that Democrats still run these cities. Michael Nutter used to be the mayor of Philadelphia. I remember almost a decade ago writing articles for Breitbart News about how Michael Nutter was excoriated by his local and national media for giving a sermon in a Philadelphia church telling young black men how to behave a message that clearly was not inculcated to them because sadly so many of them come from homes where that message is absent just like their fathers and probably their mothers in many cases Michael Nutter was saying you know maybe you shouldn't get that neck tattoo or wear that hoodie to a job interview. Maybe find a belt and pull your pants up. There is uh, not a pathway or a pipeline uh, to prison if you go to school and study hard. But gang life over graduation will find you in an early grave. Michael Nutter said all of this stuff over a decade ago. And now he's coming out, excoriating the, the current DA of Philadelphia for downplaying the murders which are at historic levels in the city of brotherly love. But crime is just one of the very many issues facing this country. But again, I am just saying that we have been here before. It is beyond sad and a shame that so many people had to die here in the last two years. While the Democratic Party declared war on this country, they declared war on the brave men and women who get up every day and try to protect their communities and serve the people who deserve protection. The Democratic Party and their allies, again in the media, the Hollywood goons that I cover just about 24-7, they were all lockstep in the same messaging, which was an attack on police. And beyond that, the most dangerous people on the planet, the actual Democrats, the mayors in cities like San Francisco, in Minneapolis, in Chicago, in New York City. Remember Bill de Blasio so brazenly and openly, basically celebrating, cutting a billion dollars from the police monies allocated to the departments in that city? They all did it. I can't think of one Democrat mayor who stood up and said, No. This is dangerous policy, but these people implemented it. People have died, whole lives shattered, legacies lost forever, senselessly, unnecessarily. And now this game that they're playing is, if you pay even a little bit of attention, you could have telegraphed this. I mean, at the end of the day, these aren't stupid people. They only placate to their bases. But in many cases, their bases live in palatial estates, in gated communities. Often, you know, they pay HOA fees and they, they hire private security. You know, their businesses get ransacked Well, they don't live on the margins. Certainly not like some of my family members in Savannah or in Baltimore or Atlanta in Miami. One tragedy can ruin the lives or the livelihood of a business owner forever it's it's shameful and it's it's this is all again just about educating the public we're all getting it this is the best education that you could ever get don't ever as long as you care about the country allow yourself or anybody in your life that you care about vote for one of these democrats again there's just no excuse. I mean, because if you do, this is what you get. It's the common denominator tying all of this stuff together. I got an opportunity to cover a Ron DeSantis event and I gotta tell you, I mean, oftentimes I think we sort of sit back, uh, the editors at Breitbart News, and we sort of just marvel at the the daily onslaught that, that, that the governor of Florida just unleashes on the left. I mean, this dude is, it is almost as if, I mean, I don't know, he's a good governor. He's just sitting around with his strategists and his advisors um, and the leaders of his department figuring out ways to protect this state from the bad policy of even mayors in Florida or city councils in Florida, but particularly from the federal government and the Biden administration. Here's Ron DeSantis speaking uh, yesterday uh, at a press conference uh, about wokeness and uh, introducing and unveiling the new um, act, the new law called Stop Woke Act. Uh, Producer Haley, that'd be clip two.
1: So today, we are going to be introducing to the public, and and we have legislators who are gonna help us with this, um, a new piece of legislation for the upcoming legislative session called Stop Wrongs Against Our Kids and Employees Act, the Stop Woke Act. And it's something that... And this will do a number of things that are very important. One, it will put into statute Uh, the Department of Education's prohibition on CRT in K through 12 schools. No taxpayer dollars should be used to teach our kids to hate our country or to hate each other. And so we are going to be including in this legislation, giving parents a private right of action to be able to enforce the prohibition on CRT and they get to recover attorney's fees uh, when they prevail, which is very important.
0: It's just amazing stuff. He had uh, uh, parents and, and kids and parents of the children speak about some of the horrific abuse that, that uh, has been perpetrated on them um, by critical race theory. Uh, This this press conference was on Wednesday. On Friday, I drove to Jacksonville uh, International Airport and covered Ron DeSantis live press conference in which, you know, he took questions from for several minutes, uh, but unveiled uh, legislative proposals uh, that he expects to sign after the Florida legislature meets here in its uh, upcoming session in the in the next uh, few weeks. It's just. A, a, a litany of Biden border crisis protections, as as Governor DeSantis 's office uh, puts it. I mean m- thousands of dollars in, in, in bonuses for law enforcement here in Florida, prohibiting state and local agencies from doing business or providing any benefits for private entities that resettle illegal immigrants in the state of Florida. The, the agencies that have to deal with and handle displaced children who's, who live in Florida are, have already been crunched, just like so many other uh, labor sectors. And in fact, the, you, could, you could certainly see, you don't even have to argue, the data is there. In the midst of the pandemic, uh, the, the, the number of displaced children in Florida has, has been absolutely exacerbated. But the Biden administration had been flying illegal alien children, unaccompanied minors, as they're popularly called, in the middle, literally in the middle of the night here at the Jacksonville Airport, just 15 minutes from where I'm sitting. Dozens of flights, literally chartered, filled with illegal aliens uh, that were being housed in, in some of these. Facilities, many of these private facilities. And the incentive is, is that for each illegal alien child, they can make more money than a, a child that was, say, born here in Florida that just happened to be displaced because one calamity or another happened in their life. Rhonda Senses is like, hell no, stop it. This makes absolutely no sense. This is dangerous. We don't even know who these people are. And in one instance, that actually was a flashpoint. You had a 24-year-old illegal alien from Honduras who was arrested and charged, but only after committing murder, well, allegedly murdering Francisco Javier Coliar, a man, a father who had sponsored this young kid. I started with a lot of bad, but there is certainly so much good in that good. Ron DeSantis being elected governor of Florida only happens because people in the states said, hell no, enough of this. I mean, I was living in Tallahassee when Andrew Gillum was the mayor, if you could even call him that, because he did nothing. Everything he touched turned to crap. And that dude came way too close to becoming the governor of Florida. We dodged a bullet. But that is only to say just how razor thin the margins can be. I think Ron DeSantis won by less than 0.4% of the vote. Now, Republicans have wholly taken over Democrats in terms of registration, but it's not an excuse for us to sit on our laurels. And I've talked to the leaders of the House and the Senate in this state and actually talked to the Republican Senate leader at the Ron DeSantis event on Friday. But like the the conservatives in this state, the grassroots movement and and elected officials are putting their foot on the gas and it starts at the top. They're looking at their governor fighting back on a daily basis, quite literally and saying enough is enough. But we could have had the guy who just a few months after the election wound up on the floor of a hotel in South Florida in his own feces and vomit. But, you know, God bless him, because now he's uh, one of the LGBT gang. I think uh, Andrew Gillum has come out as bisexual. God bless him. Uh, he's, he's now officially uh, a, a high-ranking member of the victim class, and we, we, just, we just can't talk bad about him. But we'll be right back. <laughs> Do you know there's a conservative advocacy and benefits organization with more than 2 million members and counting? AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC has become one of the most impactful conservative organizations in America. Joining AMAC gives you access to money saving benefits, cutting edge news and a magazine full of insightful takes on today's most important issues. But most importantly, AMAC is working tirelessly to preserve the freedom secured by our constitution. With a full time presence on Capitol Hill, AMAC is pushing back against the efforts to defund our police, weaken our borders and replace your freedom with the government controls. Stand with me and over 2 million Patriots by joining right now at amac.com us forward slash Breitbart. That's amac.com. That's a M a C dot us forward slash Breitbart. The benefits are great, but the cost is greater. Join today at amac.us forward slash Breitbart. Joining the program right now is John Carney, Breitbart News economy editor covering all things finance, money, and markets. Before we get into the jobless claim numbers or what came out of the fed meetings with Jerome Powell this week or any of that, I want to read to you this fresh off the presses, the travel guard group, which is one of the few, and I do mean a few trusted polling agencies. I think they're located just outside of Atlanta. This is their tweet, John, quote, nearly 70 percent of Americans think the Omicron variant of COVID does not warrant increased mandates restrictions. 30 percent, 30.6 percent believe it's a serious health risk and stricter mandates are needed, according to this new travel guard uh, poll. So seven in 10 Americans do not agree with states like New York and and uh, and, and California uh, in Michigan and others, in areas, municipalities that are enacting in, in, in travel bans and forced, forcing more restrictions because of the Omicron variant. It could end up being worse than Delta, what we've seen at Delta. But from what people have seen and what they've read, uh, hopefully in reportage coming out of Breitbart News, again, we don't know how bad this thing could be. But right now, even a name that I haven't said Uh, Anthony Fauci all day on this program is saying that right now there's no booster that is specific to Omicron that's needed. And from what the CDC is seeing, it's not as bad. This is a good sign to me because this is just evidence that the tide is starting to turn where people are paying more attention to this disease and more attention, even more importantly, to the policies that their governments are enacting in response to it.
2: I think that's right. I think what we're seeing, we began to see this during the Delta wave, which was mm-hmm. that a good part of the country, particularly areas like Florida and Texas, uh, were refusing to clamp down on their economies, on the personal lives of their people, and saying, you know what, no, we can stay open. Um, people should get you know, vaccinated and maybe in certain circumstances – we should, you know, be a little bit more cautious, but we don't need to close businesses. We don't need to cap the amount of people artificially. We don't need to force people to wear masks in, you know, the most ridiculous situations. Cornell University up here in New York, for instance, is apparently requiring students to wear masks outdoors at all times, except when they actually have to be eating. The so this is pretty ridiculous. Uh, part the parts of the country that made this choice not to go overboard uh, actually did a lot better economically. Their employment numbers did better. Their growth numbers did better. Uh, So there is a trade off here. And I think what people are realizing with the trade off is look, if it's a situation of, you know, shutdown or mass death, people will choose shutdown. right? That's great. Uh, But in a situation where the, costs of uh, contracting the virus because a lot of people are vaccinated uh, and therefore have a much milder case and a much better chance of doing pretty well throughout the situation that the that the trade-offs are different this time around that's what it looks like where again as you said it's early days but what it looks like omicron is is that the effects, particularly on the vaccinated population, are going to be a lot less severe. And so, therefore, what we should be willing to give up economically and in terms of personal freedoms should be a lot less than what we did, What you know, back in spring of 2020, when we weren't really sure how bad this was going to get. And we, you know, we took abundant precautions we're no longer in that situation
0: where do you want to go next because you know we could we could go to the jobless claims if they're out yet um yeah
2: they're out but they're not that interesting i think we should they 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 ticked up a little bit but they're still very low
0: i think the
2: big news is what the fed did yesterday and what the fed did was announce that they were going to accelerate the wind-down of the bond-buying program. The Fed had been buying $120 billion of bonds every month for the last year and a half. And they announced, okay, look, we're going to, a month ago they said, we're going to lower that by $15 billion a month, uh, which would have taken them all the way out till June to wind down the program where they're continuing to build up the Fed balance sheet yesterday they said, we're going to accelerate that. We've seen the recent inflation numbers and it's a lot more than we expected they would be. And so we're going to do it at, uh, $30 billion. They also in their projections, which isn't a policy, it's just what they, what their individual members say is going to happen. Most of them say they think they'll hype around three times next year. Yeah. So And then they also said they think inflation will come down from where they think it's going to be at by the end of this month at 5.4%. Judged by the personal consumption expenditure index. I think so like CPI is higher than that, like usually a point higher. So think 6.4% on CPI. They think it's going to come down to two or three percent. So the question is, is that enough? Are they right? Will inflation, if they just raise Interest rates from 0 to 25 is the range now, up to seventy-five point seven five to 1%. Is that enough to bring inflation down the way they are predicting? I don't think it is. I think the Fed, even though they dropped the word transitory, I think in their minds, this inflation is still transitory, meaning it's mostly just going to go away on its own. Yeah. I think that if the Fed had taken this action – Several months ago, that might have been true, that this would have been enough. But if you look at things like inflation expectations, if you look at what's happened in many prices throughout the economy, I think now we are into persistent inflation, and it will likely take the, the Fed a lot more interest rate hikes to get that inflation to where they're comfortable with it and where they think it's going by the end of next year.
0: John Carney, Breitbart News, economy editor, joining us right now. So the Wharton School of Economics at the uh, University of Pennsylvania just, would, would you say, like, the creme de la creme of economics uh, shops yes. in terms of academia? And not
2: just because I went to the University <laughs> of Pennsylvania Law School, but no, it is absolutely Penn's Wharton School, yeah. you know, m- masterful place.
0: Is that, is that, is, that a, is Donald John Trump an alumnus of the uh, Wharton yes. School? Yes, So, so they've, they've been in the, uh, the, the news, I think a, a couple months ago, they scored uh, the bill Back Better, and they said, wait, 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 with all the gimmicks, this thing is going to cost trillions more dollars than the Democrats are telling us. And we all were like, okay, thank God someone actually told the truth about this, this, this scam. And then I don't think it was re- reported that, that widely, but I think in May, John, the Wharton School of Economics came out and said inflation could be 20 percent in the next three years. I, I, I imagine it didn't get a lot of mainstream press because that would have been just horrific for the Biden administration. The Wharton School of Economics is now saying that inflation is going to cost the average family about thirty five hundred extra dollars to their budget uh, a year. Um, you've been reporting about how inflation disproportionately crushes the poor for months. And I sent you a couple articles, one from The Wall Street Journal, one from CNN, where they're just this week reporting a truth that you and I knew um, months ago, you writing and researching and reporting about it months ago. Um, but I, I I sort of remembered that that Wharton, uh, I hope they're wrong about inflation being 20% in the next three years. I I just cannot imagine, John. Like, I gave my mom my credit card because I knew her daily expenses would go up and she is like most 80 year olds i'd imagine or a good share of them she's on a fixed income so i was just like okay just take my credit card groceries are going up gas is going up she still takes care of herself down there in savannah but i knew it would alleviate some of the stress and financial hardship that she's going to pay she's she's still sticker shocked and i am too when i look at my credit card bill but everybody isn't in the position that i am in that 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 they can help out their family members And that's with inflation now. Wharton's been right, but my God, if they're right about 20% inflation in three years, I just, it's not about politics at that point. I don't actually understand how we, or our economy doesn't contract uh, in that reality.
2: Right. So let me say it, what I suspect that the Wharton thing is there, I don't think there's Thinking we're going to get twenty percent year over year. I think they're saying cumulatively we okay. will get to twenty okay. percent, which which would happen because remember the way compounding works, right? Five percent one year and five percent the other year mm-hmm. is not ten percent, right? It's because it, it compounds on each other. So you get so it's it's more than that. And if you do that for a couple of years, yes, you get very high inflation. I think that the uh, analysis of who gets hurt the most by inflation is very important. Because we saw denial of this on, at first on the left, where the left said, oh, this is just rich people worrying about their wealth being worth less. I showed back in April, I wrote an article called Welcome to Biden's America, where the poor pay more. Yeah. Uh, if you if you look first of all, just add it as a blanket statement. The assets that wealthy people own tend to go real estate and stocks tend to go up in value. As the as inflation is occurring. So wealthy people don't lose their wealth when inflation happens. In fact, their wealth goes up with inflation, sometimes even more. Uh, The assets poor people own fewer assets. So therefore, they have less to go up in value. They are on incomes. Their incomes very often do not keep up either because they're on a fixed income like your grandmother.
0: My mom. Uh, my mom. She is old so enough to be my grandmother, but she is
2: my mom. Yes. Your mother. Well, yeah. Yes. Um, so, so I will say either because they are um, a fixed income, or just because a lot of people won't get a raise until the end of the year. Exactly. Right. So they, so they are. If inflation rises six percent in the course of the year, they then end up falling behind. Maybe they'll get a raise, but a lot of jobs, by the way, and employers are themselves sticker shocked and are unprepared to give their you know they're used to giving their employees two percent three percent a year it's really difficult for them to get their minds around okay we i'm going to give six percent which is one reason we have a very high quits rate because people one of the ways people get paid more is quit their job and get one that pays even better Mm -hmm, then the mm -hmm. third factor i want to just name here is that uh and this the wharton does this very well the wharton analysis i did this in mine is that if you look at very specifically what is going up in price, it is stuff that a lower-income household spends more of its budget on. So food, gasoline are two major items that have gone up a lot. And those take up a lot bigger of a portion of of somebody who's in the – bottom 20 to 40 percent of households that's right then somebody who's in the top 10 the top 10 spend a very small fraction of their household budget on food and gasoline whereas those are the major expenses for people on the lower end so that's that's why inflation is especially punitive it is regressive it's terrible for lower income americans and it's absolutely a disgrace for uh, a Democratic administration that considers itself progressive and ran on making right. life more affordable for ordinary right. Americans to be inflicting this kind of pain and, on so many of
0: us. And gearing up to spend trillions more dollars, flooding <laughs> flooding the market with more money um, that, that we don't have, by the way. John, I wish I had more time. I really don't. But I do appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us today. Talk soon. Our caller of the day is Michael from Colorado calling in about hospitals reportedly being overrun through the conversation. Michael and I talked about some reasons why some hospitals might be overrun with COVID-19 patients, adding to the people who are also seeking treatment, everything from early retirement to burnout of hospital staff, and even the vaccine mandate, are exacerbating the problems that many hospitals are facing in America.
3: Hey, uh, I want to go back to uh, something you said earlier in the last segment and uh, express some skepticism, not about you, but about what we're being told about the hospitals being overrun. Hospitals are in big cities. Big cities are, you know, liberal. And uh, hospital administrators since the Obamacare days have been sold out to you know, doing what their government masters wanted to do. Yeah. So, you know, we all we all know a nurse or a doctor or somebody, and I'm not even sure if they know, but, you know, we, we have to be hearing from the media the hospitals are overrun, or we won't go put a mask on our mask and make everybody around us do it and go get the jab and all that sure. stuff. Sure. Because we've had it with this damn virus. So yeah. they have to tell us the hospitals are overrun, but are they overrun with COVID? I mean, what happened to... Uh, the um, you know, what we do here is Omicron is the thing now, and it's not that serious. And meanwhile, what happened to all the latent uh, elective surgeries that were going to happen last year that couldn't because uh, we had to save those beds for COVID patients in many cases, which never arrived. Sure. So I, I just, you know, I've been lied to so much
0: by no,
2: the
1: media, no, no, no.
3: by everybody with an official lab code, right? I I, that I, I, I just... Question: Whether anyone's actually done a real, I need to use the term fact check about whether what these hospitals are overrun with is actually COVID? Do they have all yeah. these elective surgeries in there? There isn't room for half a dozen COVID patients. This
0: is this is interesting, Michael, because you know I'll just say I I, I would have said maybe six months ago to just start with local media reports, but I remember being on these airwaves reporting about the situations with hospitals in New Orleans and, and, and throughout Louisiana and the headline didn't actually match the copy the, the inside of the article um, because the, the headline was telling me about how children are are filling up uh, Louisiana hospitals and in the article, I, I kid you not Michael, didn't really actually tell me give me numbers on how many children were in f- hospitals uh, in Louisiana, I, I didn't. I read the the article. T- I, I was just disappointed uh, that, you know, the facts of the reason why I was t- turned on to the article weren't actually displayed there. My questions, well, well, well how is this happening? Why is this happening? What maybe uh, can be a remedy for this a situation? None of it was actually explained to me. Um, but you know, I, I, I hear you, but you know, I know my situation. I was once married to a physician assistant. We lived in Tallahassee. She, she, uh, was there an adult internal medicine, uh, PA, which she was better in many cases than some of the doctors that she worked with in terms of admitting patients and getting them out, um, you know, in a timely manner. But, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm related to, I'm very good friends with doctors and physician assistants and nurses, whether it be ER or internal medicine or pediatrics here in Jacksonville and in other places in the country. And one thing that I learned early on, Michael, was that hospitals usually operate at about 80% in normal times in normal times. And right. when you, when you introduce into the world that we live in now, Uh, Where you have so many retirements, just waves and waves of early retirements, you know, early being maybe 55 years plus through every department of of these hospitals. When you have some hospitals that are owned by these large conglomerates, these corporations own these hospitals and they mandate that people have the vaccine or they can't work there. Um, And and, in you add in the fact that, you know, why are these people coming to these hospitals? I, I you know, I, I was going to get to it a little bit later, uh, but, you know, the numbers coming out in terms of the trauma that is being caused by drugs, fentanyl, opioids and overdoses, heroin, yeah. they're astronomical. So it's, it's people have more reasons to be going to the hospital because Democrats have run so many of our cities, the types of the ones with the hospitals that you mentioned, uh, into the ground um and you factor in all of the pandemic or covet related reasons that there there's understaffing in many cases uh but yeah and again I, I would be remiss if I did not bring up the fact that we are here because the Nazis in Beijing knew that this virus was spreading and they allowed millions of their citizens from Wuhan and Wubei to fly all over the world. And they had the games there in the fall of 2019. So much of this could have been mitigated. I'm, 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 I'm not sure you'd be calling in right now today, Michael, and asking this question that I have addressed in a very long winded matter, which I don't apologize. Sure for, but I'm pretty sure our world would look a lot different if these evil, barbaric sons of bitches didn't do things differently. I I want to thank you for listening. The Breitbart News Program airs every day, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. If you can't catch us there, please download the podcast. Follow us on social media, Support it and tell your friends about it. Have a great day.